Hello and welcome to episode 86 of the Synergen Leadership Podcast. For those of you who are listening for the first time, my name is Julian Carl and I'm CEO and the co-founder of Synergen Group. I'm passionate about all things leadership and management. So passionate, in fact, that I decided to start a podcast about it. And here we are closing in on the end of season two. And my purpose for the podcast continues to be the same, to raise the standard of leadership. In today's show, I'm going to introduce some content around the idea of leadership enablement that we use when we're delivering our face-to-face leadership programs. This is our ninth content episode for season two, and also happens to be the ninth content episode of our Synergen curriculum ecosystem. So one of the reasons this idea is so important is that in many cases, organizations want high levels of performance from their leaders, but they do not have the systems in place that support better performance. So during the episode, I begin by explaining exactly what leadership enablement is. I look at why it's important and how it's practiced. We look at who owns leadership enablement. And I finish up the episode by looking at a framework for exploring leadership enablement through the people lens and the process lens. So keep listening. As always, really like to hear your thoughts on our content around leadership enablement. And if there is any leadership or management idea or content that you would like me to explore on the show, please send me through an email or LinkedIn message. So now on with the show. Happy listening. Welcome to the Synergen Leadership Podcast with Julian Carl. Julian returns in 2019 with weekly conversations with leaders and authors from Australia and around the world giving you the opportunity to share in their journey and learn from their expertise and knowledge. Julian also shares some of the tools and techniques he uses as a leader, mentor and facilitator, helping you to build your leadership capability and improve your confidence as a leader. Well, here we are again, and I'm excited to be uh, sharing some more great content for you. And, and, and look, this content really is in, in its early stages, and it's about this idea of leadership enablement. And I, and I want to give you a little bit of a backstory to this. So obviously, being in a small business, you know, sales and, and, and meeting with customers is a big part of, of what we do. And and I came across this this field and body of work called sales enablement. And what it does is it looks at, you know, let, let, let's look beyond just training as an answer and let's look at what else needs to occur for people to be really successful in their roles. So as I was doing some research around sales enablement, I thought, well, pretty clearly there's probably a link here to what I do, the work I do in the leadership space. So I started looking around for leadership enablement and what we found is there wasn't a lot. And so for me, it... it, it made me think about, well, maybe it's an area of work that we should start to, you know, build our capability in and really start to give some thought to. And so that's sort of the the, the backstory about how this this came about. And I've started to share this uh, con some of these concepts and these ideas with some of our, our current customers and clients. And at the moment, we're getting an amazing uh, response to that because what it means is that people are realizing you can't just send someone to a training course and expect everything to suddenly change. There's a whole range of things which have to happen if you really want to build leadership capability. And so so that's where this whole idea of leadership enablement started. So let's have a look at what it is. Well, leadership enablement is the process of providing the organization with the information, content, and tools that helps leaders and managers lead their people and teams more effectively. 
and the foundation of leadership enablement is to provide leaders and managers with what they need to successfully engage their people and teams to deliver the desired result. And so a big part of leadership enablement involves equipping leaders and managers with the tools, systems, process and support to lead their people and teams effectively. So let me give you an example. Quite often, one of the things that people uh, speak to us about is they want their leaders to be able to have the difficult conversations. So they say, Julian, hey, let's, let's include difficult conversations in some training programs, which of course we can. But essentially what happens is we, we do that. And unless there's some support back in the workplace, either a process, a policy, an approach to how the organization wants the leader to have those difficult conversations – it's actually going to be pretty challenging for that leader to do it because even though the content we provide is, is, is great and the, and the way we provide it is great, when you get back to the real world, that leader is in a situation where there's a disconnect and it's a disconnect between what's actually going on in the workplace and what some of the ideas, frameworks, models have been introduced to. And so it becomes really important that we've got all the systems in place to support the leader, for example, to have those difficult conversations. So let's dig a little bit deeper and let's look at the, the, the seven defining attributes of leadership enablement. So the objective of leadership enablement is straightforward. It's about providing leaders and managers with the resources they need to lead and manage more effectively. Now, of course, how are you going to make that happen? So it's a far more complex discussion. Number two is that leadership enablement is about the leader or manager and more about the teams they lead. The field of leadership enablement is predicated on providing leaders and managers with what they need to engage their people and teams, and as such, it's important to remember a simple tenant. Provide leaders and managers with their resources their people and team wants. It's also important to understand that when their people and teams want to leverage these resources, they need to be able to do so. The third defining attribute of leadership enablement is What leadership enablement provides to leaders and managers is a critical part of defining your program. What you provide usually takes the form of information, systems, and processes. So a simple way of looking at it is that everything they might require to lead the people and everything they might require to manage the process. So leadership training is only part of this. There's a whole body of work which sits behind it. So the fourth defining attribute of leadership enablement is that leaders and managers must know how to use the resources that the organisation provides to them. And that's why training and development should be such a big part of most leadership enablement programs. The most effective leadership enablement programs conduct traditional face-to-face training programs, but also use direct references to the tools, systems and processes the organisation is built around. And that obviously relies on those tools and systems and processes actually being in existence and actually being effective best in market, whatever you want to call it. One of the fundamental premises of leadership enablement is that it gives helps all leaders and managers, whether you're a small organisation or a big organisation. You need to make sure that you provide your leaders and managers that what you provide them is easy to use. And so when you design your program for usability, you should make resources easy to find and easy to apply. You want these resources to be used over and over again. This will only happen if they are of high quality. So essentially, there is one of the one of the biggest gaps I find when you talk to leaders around their internal systems and let's say, however, their their share shared services systems, their 
their filing systems or whatever it are, and they, they say, well, I want to check a policy on something. And they, number one, they don't know where the policy is stored. Number two, there might be three to four to five different policies and procedures, so which one's right? There's no document control. And so essentially, as soon as you start entering into that part of, of, of leadership, the, the, the leader starts to, their capability starts to reduce. Because how they know they're using the right document, how do they know they're following what the organization wants? So the setup of the system behind the leader becomes really important here. The sixth defining attribute of leadership enablement is this idea that the the best leadership enablement programs track and enforce whether resources are being used across the organization. So if there is a system, if there is a process, is it being used and is it being used effectively? And that's one of the things that enablement programs really do is, is they look to see whether there's a system in place to support the leader. And if you're, if you're in a business where succession is a big issue, if you don't have the systems in place, you're going to find it difficult to really build that succession capability. And I suppose the final defining characteristic of leadership enablement is the idea of measurement. And this is the organisation must be able to develop hard metrics that can be measured over time. Financial metrics should be included as well as relevant people and performance measures. So one of the things I often talk about is this uh, leadership ROI. So what return on investment are you providing to the organisation that is that you're leading for? And so it becomes more and more important that we've got some form of metric to determine, number one, how good are our leaders? Number two, what systems, processes tools are they using and is that contributing to their overall performance and so what so the people I've speak, spoken to about this is that people really believe that this idea of enablement should start with a deep understanding of what makes up the teams and what they want so we need to know what tools and resources the team wants so in other words effective leadership enablement is people and team centric it's a program that helps leaders and managers communicate more effectively with their people and teams so it's a big body of work and organisations that are going to embark on this type of journey need to acknowledge that there's no quick fix to this. It's about building the foundations. It's about following the processes of management. And it's about making sure that we've got everything there that we need to really support the leaders and managers in place. So we've got to think about why leadership enablement is important. And so from from my perspective, it delivers a really compelling benefit in it, it allows leaders and managers to achieve results in a scalable, predictable, and repeatable fashion. And this is the key to it. Another way to put it is that it's designed to democratize the organization so that you're no longer dependent on a couple of you know, so-called superheroes to hit the results. There's always going to be this constant building of leaders and managers who have a natural ability, but you've got to make sure that you can enable a broader spectrum of leaders and managers if you really want to achieve the desired results. And so what leadership enablement does is it plays a key role in scaling the organisation beyond a handful of overachievers. It provides all leaders and managers in the business with the best practices, knowledge, tools and resources required to be successful. And so one of the things that we want to look at is how do we actually practice a leadership enablement program? And so there are really five key things that we want to be thinking about here. The first is you want to be defining and declaring the specific objectives of your program. So at a high level, your program should be focused on helping your leaders and managers deliver results. So that starts with providing them with everything they need to engage their people or teams. But then you've got to think about well, what do you focus on from there? Because you could focus on detailed information about systems and processes. 
You could focus on about sharing best practices from top leaders and managers. How about the development of leadership and management skills, like delivering great presentations? So these are all options to consider, and there's no reason why you just have to pick one, but you do have to think about, well, how are you going to roll these out? One of the, the, the second best practices that, you know, make the people and teams experience the foundation of leadership enablement. So what, what's the experience your people and teams are going through as they go through your leadership enablement program? So given that leadership enablement is about empowering leaders and managers to engage their people and teams, it makes sense that you would make the people and team the cornerstone of the efforts. So there's two pieces to this. First is you've got to make sure that leaders and managers understand who their people and teams are and the journey they're on. And the second, you've got to map your training to the team experience. So the third best practice is create and use a, a lot of high-quality content. So organisations that are able to either curate, produce content, i.e. policies, procedures, training, systems, tools, models, frameworks, all of those things, that's where organisations are really starting to leap forward. And it, and it becomes something that, that can become ingrained in an organisation. So if an organisation delivers a... A particular frame develops a particular framework, and that starts to get filtered down and cascaded down. Well, then suddenly you know that that piece of content is actually working within the business, and it's actually delivering a result, and it's being cascaded through. You're starting to build the consistency, and that's what we talk about when we you know introduce this idea of content. You've got to be able to create content around what's important to your business. So, the fourth best practice is need to make sure that any leadership and management training is, is always on continuous effort. Training and development is a big part of enablement, but it's where the leaders and managers learn how to lead and manage more effectively. So you know, what I find is that a lot of training programs do suffer from the fatal flaw that they only happen once a year. So as a result, the leaders are quick to forget what they've learned as well as information, content and tools they've been provided with. It needs to be continuous, need to conduct formal training, but also all the things which go beyond that, whether it be coaching, mentoring, whether it be job shadowing, acting in roles, whether it be online learning, blended learning, all these different things. It's not just go and attend a course and everything's fixed. It just does not happen. And the fifth best practice is that any enablement program needs to make sure that leaders and managers are leveraging what's provided as part of the program. So if no one's watching how the leaders and managers use what's provided, What's going to happen? There's no way to measure it. There's no way to monitor it. And so it's critical that executive management enforce use of best practices, content, and tools in the organizations. So as soon as you embark on, on this idea, you start to see why so many organizations are having trouble because they're not aligned. They don't have all the systems and processes in place. They don't have the right people. They don't have the right recruitment, the onboarding. They don't have the right approach to their customers. They don't have any internal frameworks and models which work for them. You know, they all have the similar problems. The communication isn't where it needs to be. They've got silo effects. Their systems are outdated. Their tools are outdated. There's no competency frameworks. There's no job descriptions. And if there are, they're not relevant to what the people are doing in their roles. There's no succession planning. People are given promotions because they're technically competent, not because they're leadership competent. This is across the board. And that's why enablement is so important because what it starts to do is build the foundation so that we can start to avoid and get around and break down some of these problems that exist in just about every organization which I've ever worked for and ever worked with. So we've got to be thinking about who owns leadership enablement 
And this is where it starts at the top, the executive leadership or management team. And so there are, there are a few simple organisational rules that will help you structure any sort of enablement program that you're thinking to introduce. First of all, the executive leadership or management team must collaborate on what resources are needed. And whether it's system structures, tools, processes, results, training, they're just some of the most common ones. Secondly, responsibility for implementing any sort of enablement program must be given to an individual or a group. That way you can hold them accountable. Third, responsibility for training the organisation must be allocated to an internal or an external resource. So if you don't say and allocate this is who's responsible, there's no accountability there and you're certainly not in a position to make sure that your enablement program is actually going to deliver anything more than, you know, just the fact that, yeah, we've launched an enablement program. It's really got to be looking to deliver more than that. And any training that you do do, do again, internally or externally, needs to be consistent and reinforce the processes and tools required as part of your enablement program. So there's one other organisational point I'd like you to consider here, that enablement can and should be a mindset of the corporate culture. If we do believe that leadership enablement has a positive impact on revenue, then it's pretty obvious that all parts of the organisation and all people in the organisation have a vested interest in success of any enablement program. So companies that understand that all employees are involved are going to help improve leadership and management performance. They're the ones that truly grasp the meaning of leadership enablement. So when we deliver our introduction to leadership enablement in in our training programs, we do want to give people a bit of a, a... I suppose, a framework they can start to consider to look at their organisation. So I'm going to start with the people side first. So the first thing I'd like you to consider is the structure. And this is the hierarchy, this is the org chart, whatever you want to call it. This is about the structure of the people. What, what could you improve about it that would help your leaders lead more effectively? So you might think, have I got the right people in the right roles? You might look at... Things like the, the, the capability of the people in those roles. You might think about things like dotted line reporting. I'm still waiting for someone to prove to me that dotted line reporting is an effective way of building a, an organisational chart. So when you look at the structure, how does it enable the people? Then I'd like you to think about the tools. So what tools are you giving to your leaders to be the best they can be? These are organisational tools. These are these are common standard tools in you know, laptops, phones. That's that's all a given. But what else are you giving them? What about all the internal processes in the business? Are they, have they all been thought of about how they impact the leader and how they enable the leader to be better? Are they easier to follow? Are they documented? Have they all gone through the value stream mapping process? My guess is probably not. That we probably haven't looked at process from the leadership perspective. What about support? What support do we give our leaders? Do, do, the, do the frontline leaders get the right level of support from the middle managers? Do the middle managers get the right level of support from the senior managers and so on and so on? What support do we give them? What about education? What sort of training we provide? What are we prepared to provide? How well educated do we want our leaders to be? Both in the areas of expertise, in terms of industry or organisation, but what about their education level and other things? 
What about their skills? How do we make sure that they have all the skills they need? How do we focus on their skill development? How do we even identify what skills we have? Have we all gone through some competency training, aptitude testing? How do we even know what skills they have? Have we even looked at their CVs? Does everyone know that people have those skills? So you can start to see that when you even just, at this point, there's a fair chance that there's probably a fair bit of work to do for most people listening out there. What about experience? What experiences have contributed to our abilities, our leaders' ability to lead effectively? Do we enable them to have different experiences in different roles? Do we enable them to have different experiences at different locations? How do we enable that experience? How do we manufacture it? How do we create it? I like you to think about what's the communication like? The communication process is fully documented. Does everyone understand all the reporting? Is the reporting ever been reviewed to make sure that it's actually needed, that it's relevant, that it's actually delivering something to the business rather than just the generation of a report? How are we supporting our leaders? One of the things which I find uh, challenging is they people come to me and they say, Julian, we, we want to do some work around our leaders so they can deliver an effective toolbox. And so the first thing we ask is, do you have a standardized system for delivering a toolbox? They say, no, it's up to the individual. Well, we're already sort of chicken and egg scenario. If the organization had a standardized methodology for delivering a toolbox, well, then we'd be able to develop the people's capability to deliver that with impact within that framework. But if that framework doesn't exist, you're not going to get any sort of organizational consistency. And my guess is you probably won't get the most out of the person that's required for delivering that toolbox. Then what sort of leadership what do we need to improve there? Do we need to adopt that the enablement concept is, is, is about culture, that it's a mindset, that we need to be focused on it? So they're just some of the things that we ask people to consider from the people side of things in any enablement program that they're thinking of putting together. But then we also need to look at what do we need to improve to allow our managers to managing the process. And so, and we go through the same headings, but it's a little different in the flavor. If you think about structure, when it comes to people, it's about hierarchy, it's about job roles and things like that. With structure, it's about the process. How are the processes structured? Are they logical? Do they make sense? Are they efficient? How do they intertwine? Are there dependencies? These are all the things we need to be looking for. Because if we're expecting someone to manage that process and that man, that process is fundamentally flawed, well, that's essentially setting up the person responsible for that to fail. Again, we start looking at tools. We also start looking at the support. What support do we provide around the process? If we're required to do certain things as part of a process, are all those key things documented? If there's any external accreditations included or if there's any any particular things that you need to do where the process is made more complex are we providing enough support? Are we taking the time to educate our people around these processes? Have we refined them? Have we thought about them? Have we tested them? Again, we look at skills and experience and communication. So when we talk to people about a new process that's being implemented, how do we communicate that out? And again, we want you to look at management. How are we managing the process? Do we have accurate data? Do we have good reporting? Do we have a clear sense of what we're going? And is all that aligned to the strategy and the, the organization, organizational 
direction. So I think, I think you're starting to get a bit of an idea that an, a leadership enablement program is a big undertaking. Big undertaking. But I think a very worthwhile one. Because I believe that this is what it's going to take for leaders to really be successful in their roles. It's not just doing a course, having a mentor, doing those sort of things. Now, that's what we've built our business on, but we also know there's another step. And that step is an enablement program. And these are the sorts of things which leaders internally can start to consider. Even if it's just in your little team with your little neck of the woods, you can start to consider this stuff. Because I've got the, I'm working on the, all the ideas around leadership enablement. Same thing goes for workforce enablement. Are we giving them everything we can for them to be successful? So I just wanted to give you the finish, wrap this episode up with this idea of a starting point. Because if you're anything like me, you probably heard all the stuff that I've just mentioned and thought, geez, there's a lot to be done. And so the introduction of any sort of formal enablement program, it's a recognized way of starting the journey towards improving the capability of leaders and managers. But in the absence of a a formal program, a leader or manager can begin the process by reflecting on their own experience with the organization. And it's always worthwhile asking yourself, do you have everything you need to be the best you can be as a leader or manager? And you can just start to list the things you think you need to be better. That list then becomes a basis for an informal leadership enablement program. I'm going to suggest to consider a collaborative approach because it's always useful to get the insight from others and build support and rapport. And so what I'd like you to consider is, is, is these three things. The first is, what's a starting point for you? One of the easiest ways to start to deliver a result here is to think of something in your business, in your leadership, where it's causing you problems. It's causing you pain. It's making you inefficient. So what's the starting point? What's one thing that you could work on which you think would make you a better leader? And it's not what you're doing. It's what the organization does. So once you've thought of that one thing, I'd like you to think, well, are there any collaboration partners that you could bring in? For example, if you've got you know five people all at a certain level, why not ask the other four? Get their input into it. Treat them as a collaboration partner. Tell them what you're trying to achieve. Highlight to them how it's going to improve them as well. Once you've got your collaboration partners together, have a conversation about what's our next action. What are we going to do? What are we going to do first? Where do we start? Because enablement programs are big. They're not over in a day. They take time. My guarantee to you is whether you go formal or informal, you're going to get benefit. Informal, probably a little less benefit, but there will still be benefit. So why wouldn't you want to make your life easier? Why wouldn't you want to build your capability? Why wouldn't you want to be able to be more efficient? So that's where leadership enablement is heading, I believe. I think it's something which more organizations are going to start to look at. I think more and more organizations are going to start to realize that they need to do something to make sure that they've got the competitive advantage over all their competitors. It's probably time for me to wind this episode up. So trust there's been some value in here. Once again, I'm going to put the offer out there. If, if you want some of this content, feel free, email me through. Happy to share it. Because remember, my, my purpose is about raising the standard of leadership and management. So that's why I'm happy to share some of our content with you. So if you want to, shoot me through an email. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm always easy to find. I'm always trying to be pretty pretty active and posting and stuff. 
So until the next episode, uh, bye for now. And as always, love to hear what you think. Well, that wraps up episode 86 of the Synergen Leadership Podcast, another content and curriculum ecosystem episode for you. I'd like to encourage you to head on over to the Synergen Group website and engage in the conversation with us. Tell us what you liked about the episode, tell us who you'd like us to interview, or tell us what sort of content you'd like us to deliver. And as always, if you are an iPhone user, please feel free, head on over to the Apple site and leave us a review. really does help us build awareness of the podcast. In next week's episode, we have another great interview for you where I chat with Troy McKinnor author of Brand Hustle, for Critical Foundations to Accelerate Brand Growth. It's another great author interview episode. So until then, love to hear what you think. Happy listening.